1: Tony Holohan, the former chief medical officer is obviously doing the rounds. He's promoting his uh, new book, his uh, memoir that has been uh, released. He was on RTE television last night speaking to Joe Duffy on the meaning of life and he weighed it into a cervical check and the comments he made have been heavily criticised by Keane O'Carroll well known to many of you, the solicitor who represented Vicky Phelan and several other women uh, who were touched by the cervical check cancer scandal. Now for what it's worth, it was not the first time Tony Holohan ha- has spoken about this issue he was on Pat Kenny a couple of weeks ago take a listen pass but on. wasn't it it about uh, explaining to them maybe that they had been missed
2: but it wouldn't have changed the course of their treatment correct it was about t- and and for many of the clinicians it was an understandable concern because you could be talking about individuals with early stage cancer that was effectively treated many years previously and now they were getting a result that they were expected to, to, to give back to a patient that would have had made, made no material difference. And in a lot of situations might have actually caused a lot of upset and concern on the part of those patients, which is one of the reasons why many other countries, do not, not only do they not do this, they have laws that prevent the sharing of this information. Now, countries like the Netherlands and Canada. When you shared this with the then Minister for Health, Simon Harris, uh, he jumped the gun. He decided, I'm announcing, whether you like it or not, an HSE inquiry. And you're critical of him for that. So a HSC inquiry was announced, and that didn't ultimately take place. I mean, within 24 hours, it was very clear that that was not adequate. Did you try to stop him, saying, "Hang on a second, well, let's, let's, let's do I the investigation"? And some people have inferred that that was me trying to stop the Scally inquiry because I didn't want the screening program investigated. Quite the opposite. What I wanted to do was to ensure that we understood what it was we were investigating, and so we spent that full weekend in the screening program offices. And over the course of the work that we did, engaging with hospitals around the country, by Sunday of that weekend, this is I am talking about a Friday to Sunday, we established that somewhere in the region of two hundred people were, were uh, who, who should have had. Uh, uh, results fed back to them. Three-quarters of them had not. And that was the first time that knowledge was assembled. And now we had a and clear basis. And where does the blame for that lie? I mean, was it a uh, cervical check? I mean, you say that Gronia Flannelly was treated very badly. She had to resign. Yes. Um, but was it uh, at her door that... That lack of communication has to be laid. Like the way I'd like to look at it personally would be that like, we had a really good screening programme. There were faults, of course, with it. Uh, Gabriel Scali has done an excellent report which has identified a number of the improvements that have now been made. Uh, uh, that screening programme sought to introduce another layer of improvement, which was the, the audit and then the feeding back of that information arguably it wasn't done as well as it could have been. It could have been planned for better, there could have been clear buy-in for the clinicians before it commenced and there should have been probably a, a, an audit loop that the centre was able to tell that the information had in fact been given back. So results were being posted out to clinicians and then not being fed back to the women and the centre had no way of knowing that that was the case. And that was really at issue and it was only on that Sunday afternoon the work that we did over the course of that weekend, the team that I led that we went up uh, that went up to the screening Program officers assemble that information for the first time, and now we had a basis for the scale of investigation that ultimately became no, the scalery. There report. were so
1: many. So, that was Tony Holohan speaking to Pat Kenny. So, effectively, no misdiagnosis. The issue here was women not told about results of an audit, and sometimes, as he said himself there, there was good reason not to tell them. It might cause upset. Keen O'Carroll, the solicitor, is uh, with me, your representative, Vicky Field, and of course, and others. Keen, what is your issue with what Tony Holohan has been saying?
0: Hi, Kieran. Um, well, before addressing that, just regarding last night's programme, um, you mentioned that he made comments which I had a concern around. In fact, I raised those concerns regarding on truths in what he was saying with RTE, and they edited them from the programme before it was broadcast. So I think that's important to note, and it was a very responsible approach that RTE took. Um, my concern around what he's just uh, been heard saying there with Pat Kenny is that again, he is focusing on an audit. The audit took place between 2010 and 2018 for women who had a diagnosis of cancer and were now being treated for cancer. That audit found discordances in the way their original uh, cervical smears were read. Mm. And for most of those women, it wasn't communicated to them. There was never a suggestion, of course, that that in any way caused them harm. And the cases which have come before the courts have never been really about that audit. There's a tiny issue, including in Vicky Field's case where the audit was, was raised, but it wasn't the central issue. The central issue is what he keeps ignoring and what the screening community ignores, which is that there were critical failures in the actual science, in the cervical cytology, which meant that screening tests smear tests which were being done were not being read correctly and they were falling below an acceptable standard in the way they were being read such that women who had abnormalities on their smears were not detected. And those women went on from a pre-cancer to an invasive cancer and now over 30 of them have died. There are hundreds of them who have been seriously injured and what the screening community says in reply and is Uh, 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 evidenced by what Dr. Holohan keeps saying is, number one, this is all about an audit, which it isn't. And number two, nobody understands, including the courts, that screening cannot detect all cancers and that they are being wrongly blamed for the impossibility of detecting all cancers through a screening programme. Everyone understands that a screening program does not detect all precancers and does not prevent all cancers from emerging. What we're looking at here are cases where it has been determined that a cancer which should, which should and ought to have been detected because the, the abnormal cells were there in sufficient quantity and with sufficient clarity mm. that a careful screener should not have missed them, missed them in a high number of cases and that's what's going on here. There is a denial of the wrongdoing and the poor practices within Cervical Check and their private outsourced laboratory.
1: And I think it's probably worth pointing out as well, keen to people, that if the issue was simply the audit, and this is a question I'm asking you, uh, uh, given your kind of uh, expert experience in this area, I I assume that the labs and others wouldn't have paid out to the tune of millions and millions of euro.
0: The High Court looked at the issue of non-disclosure of an audit in the late Ruth Morrissey's case and determined that the appropriate damages in that case were 10,000 euros. For failing to tell her about an audit that had been done. 10,000 euros. That case, I can remind you, was settled for just under 2.2 2 million euros. Sorry, it wasn't settled. It was an award from the High Court mm. because it ran to a full hearing after 36 days. So that gives you some sense of the difference in magnitude yeah. that the non-disclosure of an 2.199
1: 9 million euro for the other stuff, 10,000 euro for the non-disclosure.
0: Yes, and the non-disclosure of an audit is significant for individuals and many people felt very hurt over it and the idea that something important about their personal care wasn't communicated to them. And when it was communicated, which probably caused far more harm for people, it was done in a really ham-fisted, clumsy way because it was sort of hitting the emergency button just after Vicky Phelan's case. But the real issue, and Vicky herself said this repeatedly, she said, I am not dying from a non-disclosure of an audit. I'm dying because there wasn't sufficient care in the reading of a smear. And that was the case for all of the other women as well. The non-disclosure of the audit was, was a marginal issue. But in August of 2018, and remember Vicky's case came to public attention in April, at the end of April 2018. And it was this sort of, I suppose it was like a snowplough pushing on of revelation after revelation and a scandal suddenly developed. Um, and I think... The HSE and maybe the Department of Health were were kind of reeling under the pressure of that. But they they took stock in in August of that year. And and you could see how the communication, the messaging changed. And suddenly, all they were talking about, including from Simon Harris down, all anybody was talking about was non-disclosure of an audit. And they, from then on, never again referred to the misreading of smears, which were ultimately held to be negligently misread.
1: Yeah, and and, and that's,
0: that's what we're dealing with here. It's, yeah. it's a, it's and misreadings, a is
1: quite, you're quite clear on that, because what, 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 what Tony Holland said in the programme, I wouldn't characterise them as misreadings, differences of opinion.
0: Absolutely. And the piece which was edited out, uh, where he said, uh, clearly there's a lack of understanding about what actually happened and didn't happen. There was no delayed diagnosis. There was no misdiagnosis or screening programme. That's not to say at the level of the individual that they may not have had some individuals, but there is a view abroad which is largely being reinforced by parts of the legal profession that a difference in opinion, and that's all we're talking about here, between two readers at two different points in time, constitutes medical negligence, which it doesn't. Um, And that's very hard for, for me to accept when I represent women who have on numerous occasions not only proved their case and received... I mean, there's a reason that the damages are so high in these cases, because the harm is so incredibly high. But in so many of these cases, there has been an admission of liability. I mean, if you take one of the most famous cases, the late Emma Vic Fahuna, um, and she was a wonderful woman to speak out and want to communicate what was happening, and to encourage people to continue, as Vicky did, to continue engaging with cervical check and to continue taking their smears or having them done because they... They saved lives. But in her case, uh, Quest Diagnostics admitted liability. That was as early as July of 2018. They admitted liability causing her death. Um, and I should say on the back of that, despite Quest Diagnostics making that a you know, really extraordinary admission, there was no investigation conducted into how that mistake happened mm-hmm. by cervical check or the HSE. And- and, and it, none of these cases, yeah. sorry, Karen, but none of these cases have been investigated on an, individu- on an individual basis to find out what went wrong in the laboratory with the screeners. And I think that's also something and, which... And is, to, 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 sorry,
1: to, to kind of broaden it out to the the, the medical profession, um, uh, uh, you know, more broadly, because uh, Tony mm-hmm. Holland's not here to defend himself either, so I don't want focus entirely to be him. But do, do you suspect that the pushback is... Is is it kind of just institutional defence, which we see you know across all big institutions uh, throughout time, uh, circling of the wagons, or, or is it a kind of a genuine desire to to make sure that people you know continue to go and, and and go for their cervical smears? That you know there's an element of kind of fudging it so that people will still go and the system won't be damaged.
0: I don't know what's motivating it, but I don't think that it's safe. Where. Um, the screen community circles the wagons, as you say, and doesn't acknowledge failings. And and I think actually materially goes about confusing people by saying this is all about an audit and that nobody got cancer from an audit, which they clearly didn't. Um, and that's clearly correct. But to ignore the issue of uh, failings within cervical check itself i don't see how that helps people mm. have more confidence in a vital part of our public health program and dr gabriel scalley said exactly the same in his most recent report his final report into cervical check there at the end of last year and he said that it was reprehensible for anyone to say that cervical check was operating to international standards but more importantly went on to say that if you can't bring yourself to acknowledge past failings, why would anyone trust you today? And that was Dr. Scally,
1: Keen O'Carroll, solicitor. Keen, thank you very, very much uh, for joining us here on the show.
0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy. With Nissan. Weekdays from four. On News Talk.